Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Appreciate them giving up an evening or more every month. So the, the commitment cards are in your bulletins, or if you need them, ushers, we'll make sure that you get one, just ask. Let's stand together in honor of God's word. We had a terrific general conference this year. I brought this sign back that I was honored to wave at the conference. It says, I am North America's hope. From Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, representing this church in both the United States and in Canada. And I brought it back because I want you to know you are North America's hope in North, in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. We had a great conference. I prepared my message, believe it or not, before I left for general conference. And then my wife and I were privileged to be in the foreign mission service and Brother Mangan preached it. And he preached it. And... Uh, took my scriptures, and I don't feel bad about that because it just lets me know that's a confirmation as to what God wants me to preach this morning. And I'm gonna, this is not a disclaimer, not an apology, but an explanation. If you're a visitor here today, you've heard a lot about money already, and I am gonna preach about money. We don't do this every service, but we do do it as often as God tells us because we want to be good stewards of God's blessings. Proverbs, one verse before you're seated, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. How many of you feel blessed of the Lord? So my question today, as I preach to you in the next few minutes, and I'm so glad the Packers don't play today. What will I do with his blessings? What will I do with his blessings? God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Sister Bauer. Here we go. There are some things that we should do as Christians. Are you glad to be in an apostolic church today? Are you glad that you can count on hearing apostolic doctrine? That we will continue to live a holy and godly life, inwardly and outwardly, and most importantly, in our character. These are basic fundamentals. We are the apostolic church of the 21st century. More people are receiving the Holy Ghost today than ever before in our history. Pentecost looks tiny today. Literally millions of people are receiving the Holy Ghost every day of the year. We are in exciting times. And so if we are an apostolic church in our doctrine, 
apostolic in our appearance, we should also be apostolic in our giving. And so I'm gonna talk about that today. And here are some principles that we have to have in place before we even talk about giving. We should acknowledge the ability that God has given us. Say, well, you know what? Everything I have, I have because I've earned it. I've worked with my two hands. I'm intellectual, I'm smart, I'm talented, I'm gifted. You're nothing without God. When Moses and God had a conversation, and because of the sake of time, I'm not gonna be able to read, I'll only refer to the passage. In Exodus chapter four, Moses and God had a conversation. And, and God got frustrated with Moses from the beginning. He kept making excuses as to why he couldn't do what God told him he was gonna anoint him to do. And he said, and I cannot even speak. And God said, well, who made your mouth? Did you hear the frustration in God's voice? Who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? Who made your hands? Who gave you the mind that you have? The intellect, the ability, the talents that you have. It was God. We must acknowledge that the abilities that we have, we have because God has blessed us. Say, well, I went to school and I got training. You only worked on things that were already in your life. And I can assure you that that can be taken away in a moment. One heart attack, one stroke. Then we'll see what your abilities are and what you have left to offer God. We must acknowledge our ability comes from God. Even in Solomon's case, his ability did not come from his ability, it came from God's ability. In 1 Kings, he talked, Solomon and, and God talked together and God said to Solomon, what is it that you will ask of me? I'll give you anything that you ask. And Solomon said, I don't even know when to come in and when to go out. The thing that I ask of you, God, is I ask you for wisdom to lead your people. And God was so impressed with the request that he said, because you've asked for wisdom and not for wealth nor for long life, I will give you wisdom and I will give you wealth. I want you to know that the ability that Solomon had, he had because God gave it to him. Because God gave it to him. And he was the wisest and he was the wealthiest man in the world, but he acknowledged that his ability did not come from himself, but that it came from God. So we have to ask ourselves, where does our ability come from? It comes from God. We also have to ask ourselves other questions. Where do our blessings come from? Where do the blessings of the Lord come from? They obviously come because God has blessed us. He has provided for us. We must acknowledge his blessings. Matthew 6 and 28. 
Why do you take thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God will clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, and your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's a greater than Solomon in the house today, and he supplies all of our needs. James 1 and 16 and 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from God. We must acknowledge that our blessings have come from God. And finally, if our blessings have come from God, then they are not ours. We must acknowledge that we are stewards of God, not owners. Here's the biggest mistake we make. We first of all think that why we have what we have is because we've earned it or we've worked hard for it. We don't acknowledge the ability. We don't acknowledge the blessing. Therefore, we come to the consideration that the reason we have what we have is because of ourselves. Therefore, we own it. It is ours. And we must keep it and we must protect it. But I'm saying to the church today, I brought nothing into this world and I will take nothing out. The Lord gave and the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I own nothing. I get to use some things and everything I've got falls under his stewardship. It's not mine. And he can call for it anytime that he wants. You could read Luke 16, one and two, and it says, he said unto his disciples, there was a rich man that had a steward. The same was accused unto him that he'd wasted his goods. So he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of your stewardship or you're no longer going to be my steward. I believe that there are two reasons that we struggle financially. Number one, we don't put the kingdom of God first. And number two, we are not good stewards. We had a wonderful duck hunting trip last weekend. Had 15 guys hunting ducks. Had a great time. We had a devotional in the hunting camp and I'm gonna squeal on, on Jeff here. I asked if he could speak, but he can't speak on that microphone. And he talked about how he came to the realization that by putting God first in his finances, by, by giving of his tithes and sitting down and working on a budget with Sister Kylie, he already has seen great blessings in his life. 
His wife has already been promoted in her job and been given a good raise and that the blessing of the Lord is on his life. That's what God wants to do for every one of us. But we have to come to grips with, it's not our ability. It's his blessings and I'm only a steward of those blessings. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful. You know what we appreciate most about our God? Faithfulness. We know we can depend on him. He's not up one day and down the next. He's gonna stay steady. He's gonna be consistent. He's gonna back up everything that he's ever said. He's gonna do just what he said he was going to do. He always comes through. So we must also be faithful. We must be faithful in our tithes and in our offerings. And I would be remiss and and so would our board if I didn't say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and your tithing. You're giving to a heart for the house. Missions giving of foreign and home missionaries. All the giving that we give throughout the year. Offerings that we take throughout the year for ministries, not just ours, but district and national. The giving of offerings to missionaries as they come through or evangelists that we have. Thank you. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And see if God will not pour out a blessing on you that you will not be able to receive it. So whom, with whom, will I share my blessings? When I first came into the church in 1973, I came in with $6,000 of debt and a lot of pressure on our marriage. It was my fault. I accept responsibility for that. But one of the first things I learned was to put God first in our finances. Our sister Kylie was named Sister Tamil. Sister Tamil sat down with us and worked on our bills and, our, and then on our budget. And she taught us to give the first 10%. I'd already been giving approximately 25% to the government. How many of you still are? 25% or more in some cases. You're giving. Do you realize that every week you work, you work at least one and a quarter days of the week for taxes? You may not like it, but you're faithful. And that's why you're here today instead of prison. Because you're faithful. I heard Brother Grant say one time, God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll even take a grudging one. But be faithful, and we learn to be faithful. Do you know what my goal was? Why would I render unto Caesar 25% and give God only 10? My goal, and the reason I'm telling you about this is because I'm so excited about it. My goal was to give more to God than I give to my government. To give more to my king than I give to my country. And we are on target this year. And I learned this from Brother Mangan. We are on target this year to give 28% of our income to God and less to the government. 
We should be thinking larger. We should be more generous. We should be more apostolic in our giving. Tithing is only a place to start from. It's only a guideline for us to begin with. And we have been blessed abundantly. Let me tell you how blessed I am. I have a house I never would have dreamed. Nobody would ever convince me that I'd have the house that I have. It's a great house. But let me tell you what I've learned about that house. The reason that I have the house that I have is because God has blessed me with it. And whatever God blesses me with and I share with others, God blesses me some more. If you share your house, you'll have a nicer house. If you share your car, you'll have a nicer car. If you share your food, you'll have better food to eat. Whatever you share with others, with whomever you bless others, it will come back on you. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. We used to have kids, we had this little maverick when we lived in Oconomowoc, just a little green maverick, easy car to park, and everybody in the Christian school wanted to use it for their driver's test. Said, man, that little car, that's easy to park, it's an automatic, and, and, and we shared our cars, and we share, we've shared our home. Do you know recently, somebody in this church, which will remain anonymous, gave me a car when my car died. He said, hey, it appears your car has died. We would like to give you this red car, this Grand Am. Man, that Grand Am is anointed. It runs great. I never paid a dime for it. Somebody else blessed me and I'm sure God's blessed them. That's the way it works, folks. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men. It's gonna come back through people. It's not gonna drop out of the sky. But God will bless. Now here's where I wanna go today. I wanna take you to the Old Testament church and then I wanna take you to the New Testament church concerning giving today. Because we are to be apostolic in our giving as well. Let me take you back to the Old Testament church known as the Jews. The word church means separated or called out ones. That's what it means. Were the Jews separated or called out ones of God? They certainly were in every way. And one day God said, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna dwell among you. And when God gave the the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, he also gave the plans for the tabernacle on Mount Sinai. He said, one day you're gonna build this tabernacle. This is gonna be my sanctuary. This is how I'm gonna dwell among the people. And when that day came, God spoke to Moses and this is what he said in Exodus 25 and one. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now the tithe went to the priesthood. The Levitical priesthood took the tithe. But here he says, I'm not talking about the tithe. I'm talking about an offering. 
tell him I want them to bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you'll take of them, gold, silver, and brass, etc. So they take this offering. Now if you read the rest of this chapter, they are going to bring offerings every day. He said he wanted an offering, but they gave offerings every day. Do you know why? Because they had to sell stuff to get the money, the gold or the silver or the diamonds or the things that were needed to build the tabernacle. They sold stuff. They just didn't say, well, you know, I'll give you what I got in my pocket here. I'll check into my account and see what's in my account and see if I can give a portion of that. No, God asked for an offering from their hearts. He moved on their hearts and they began to sell stuff and liquidate their assets and they brought it to Moses every day. Did you know that the, that the tabernacle cost $13 million? And it came from an offering? And the Old Testament church was willing to give it and they kept giving it and giving it and giving it. And if you read in the next chapter, in verse five, the Lord's, and they spake unto Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. So Moses in verse six gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither a man nor a woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. Restrained. It was in their heart. And this is, I've been praying about this a long time and I, and I, and I was walking today and I, I, I came and I took attendance with my eyes and said, you know, I, I wonder how big the crowd's gonna be today and I wonder if there'll be any, you think of all these what about visitors and, and, and who will be here and who will miss and all that. Let me, let me share with you what God spoke to my mind when I started thinking that way. It matters not to God whether he saves by many or by few. I don't care if you've got 300 or 3,000, 200 or 20, doesn't matter. God's gonna get the job done because he's gonna move on the hearts of people and he's gonna say to you what he wants you to do and if you'll be obedient to what he asks you to do, he'll take care of the rest. He may save a few, he may use many. We talk about equal gifts, not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Can God speak to every person and tell them what to do? Because when he does, see, we don't have a, pro, we don't have a shortage. We have a distribution problem. There's not a shortage of food in this world, did you know that? We wouldn't, even have to, we wouldn't even have to have the crops that we grow on the land. We could feed the whole world from what's in the seas and rivers and lakes. We just have a distribution problem. 
And it's the same problem that we can have in the church until God speaks to our hearts and moves on us and says, this is what I want from Rick Kiley. And it's not the same thing for Steve Kiley. I don't care what Steve Kiley gives. That's between Steve Kiley and God. But I need to be concerned about what God asks me to do. And my obedience and the willingness of my heart will allow God to bless me and his kingdom or not. And it got to the point, these are people that don't even have the Holy Ghost. These are people that have not been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. These are the people that don't have the testimony that you have, but God moved on their hearts. And Moses had to say, it is enough. Now let's take a look at the New Testament church. Acts chapter two, our our favorite chapter in the Bible, our, our plan of salvation just a few verses earlier. But the New Testament church in verse 44 says, and all that believed were together and they had all things common. Look at this. They sold their possessions and their goods and they parted them to all men as every man had need. They didn't even have a place to worship anymore as Christians. They were kicked out of the synagogue. They were gonna have to meet in homes, rent storefronts. They weren't accepted in Judaism anymore. So you know what they did? They put everything they had into the work. They made sure everybody was taken care of. If you go to the fourth chapter and verse 32, it says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Aren't you glad to be a part of the oneness movement? One God apostolic believers, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. But what about one heart? And what about one soul? And what about one unified effort to give to the kingdom of God? Is that not apostolic? It is apostolic. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed. See you here? It's not mine. It's not mine. I'm just a steward. The car I've got is a loner. The house I live in is not mine. First Bank of Oconomowoc believes it's theirs too. But it's God's. He just lets me live there. And he's got a better house than that. But if I can prove my steward, if I can prove my stewardship to God, if I can be generous in my spirit with other people, then God can give me more so that I can give more, not so that I have more. Well, I'm gonna give so that God will bless me. You're given for the wrong reason. You ought to give because you are blessed because God already has blessed you. He saved your soul. He saved your body. He saved your marriage. He saved your family. He's given you wealth. He's given you possessions. Isn't that enough to give for? 
Well, God, if you give me a million dollars. They had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And verse 34 says, neither was there any among them that lacked For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, bought the prices of those things that were sold, and laid them at the feet of the apostles. Wow. This is the apostolic church. In 33 AD, what is the apostolic church in 2014? Are we penny cost? We give our pennies? What if God? And this is what I witnessed. This is what I witnessed at General Conference. Brother Mangan preached the same stuff I'm preaching. And then stood before the people. And he said, I've come to you from Alexandria. I come from a great church and we've taken an offering. And I want to be the first to give in this offering. Here's a check for $150,000 to the 26 foreign missionaries that we want to see on the field instead of spending two years traveling all around the country, spending money they don't have, begging for money service after service, we're willing to initiate the giving by giving $150,000 from our congregation. Then he stood up and said, and besides that, Mickey and I want to give a personal check for $10,000. And that place lit up. Is there anybody that'll help us Is there anybody else that'll be apostolic in their giving? Make the sacrifices that are required of God when he asks for an offering. Just like they did in the Old Testament church. Are we the New Testament church? And people started walking up. Well, I've got this 55 Chevy that I've completely reconditioned. I've put all my time and money into it. It's it's worth about $20,000. I'll give the 55 Chevy. I've got money in my life savings account, my retirement money. I'm giving $20,000. And all over the building, people were making sacrifices, emptying out their accounts. One guy got up and he said, well, I don't have any money, but I got this watch. And he put his watch on the altar. Another guy stood up and he said, well, I don't have any money, but I bought this fancy tie. And he threw his tie on the altar. People were emptying their wallets. What was happening? The apostolic church was in action again. It was being generous. It was giving. It was doing what God had asked them to do so that 26 missionaries wouldn't spend all that time away from their field. We've got a cause, folks. And God will do it with many or he will do it with few. But I want to be one of the people that God uses. I know that we say, 
We say, you know, I don't want to say too much about what I've done because I want God to save all that stuff for me and reward me when I get to heaven. I've thought long and hard. I know my wife would be upset with me about some of the sacrifices that we've made. And I just, I can't bring myself to tell you. But I know people in this congregation that have made huge, huge sacrifices. People that have given up vacations and taken the money they would have spent on a vacation and gave gave it to the building fund. People that have given hundreds of dollars per month for years. For years they have done this. And they will continue to do it. But what is God saying to us today, right now, as an apostolic church, here we go, as to what he wants us to do. What are the sacrifices that God wants us to make? Or do we own everything? Is it ours? I want you to see one more thing before I quit today. I have a short clip. I was tremendously moved at a movie that I saw years ago. Oscar Schindler. Oscar was a wealthy man at one time. He loved the Jews. The Nazis were killing them in gas chambers. So he tricked the Nazis into thinking that they would have a factory made up of Jews that would support them in the war. And and he would even buy the Jews from the Nazis so that they could work in his factory. And he became a great hero for this. I'd like you to see the very end clip. Sister Hickey.
Why did I keep the car? Ten people right there. Ten people. Ten more people. This is gold. Two more people. You would have given me two for At least one. You would have given me one. One more. One more person. Person, Stan. For this. I could have gone. One more person. And I didn't. And I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I <hate> Maybe you couldn't hear very well what they were trying to bless Oscar. They gave him a ring. They bought him a car. And it all came to him. All the money I've wasted that could have made a difference in somebody's life. I could have bought one more person this ring, two more people this car, more people. And instead of receiving the praise and the thanks from all the people that were in that place, he fell to his knees and said, I could have done. So much more. If a man can care that much about people's lives. Where is the church in our concern for souls that are gonna spend eternity somewhere? Where is the sacrifice of our time and our energies and our talents and our finances I believe that one day, I know it says we're not gonna cry when we, get, when we get to heaven, but I believe that one day, maybe it's just before we pass, we will say of ourselves, I could have done so much more with what I had. And I'm trying again to awaken a sleeping church, to be apostolic. Apostolic in our doctrine. Apostolic in our appearance. Apostolic in our giving. Apostolic in our willingness to give the most valuable thing that we have to seek and save that
Let's stand together. Jesus, help us to truly be an apostolic church. Would you speak to us, Lord? If you could speak to your people in the old... Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.